0: Art is more than just a composition of beautiful colors and carefully placed brushstrokes. When we can think about it more expansively, that is. Welcome to the Art of Podcast, a show that unveils the masterpiece resulting from you taking your healing into your own hands. I'm your host, Leah Fisher, a trauma survivor turned multi-awarded reflectionist artist with a master's degree in counseling. My highest intention is to create a community for self healers. Together we'll unlock your own creative capacity to design a life of holistic wellness and embrace the healing journey one step at a time. This is a Soulfire Productions podcast. You're listening to the art of podcast, and this is episode number four. So we are coming up on the end of February, and I wanted to continue to explore the subject of love and the many ways that it can present in our life. You know, it can look very different with different people and the nature of love can change within the context of a relationship. It doesn't mean that this love is any less valuable. It just means that it, it shows up in a different way as we move and we grow and we progress. So in honor of this exploration, I am having a conversation today with JD Miller who is someone who I consider to be in command of his creative energy. He is a master artist. He is one of the co-owners of Samuel and galleries in Dallas and is the founder of reflectionism, the school of art from which I paint and embody. And he's also a great guitar player. And in addition to all of this, he is my husband. We were married for seven years and have been divorced for over a year now And this conversation is about how our love changed from a romantic love and a marriage into a friendship and a partnership and what that looked like and what we did, what we leaned into to be able to move our relationship from from one type of love to another. So J.D. has taught me so much about integrity within relationship, forgiveness, and unconditional love. So I hope you like listening to this and you enjoy it as much as I did. Welcome to the Art of Podcast, where today we'll be having a very frank discussion about creative energy, and we are so lucky to have one of my favorite people as a guest today, J.D. Miller, who has been a professional artist for the past 25 years, the founder of the School of Art Reflectionism, my mentor in painting and business, my husband. We were married for seven years. We just got divorced a year ago. And uh, the owner of one of the most successful art galleries in Dallas, Samuel Lynn Galleries, and uh, welcome, JD. It's good to be here. It is so good to have you here. I'm excited to be your first guest. (laughs) Can you believe that? I mean, I actually can't. I can't imagine who else I would have on the pod before you. Neither could I.
1: I think that's great.
0: (laughs) Yeah, it's great being here. This is, it's going to be fun. Yeah, yeah. So let's talk about our divorce. Isn't that fun? Oh, yeah,
1: (laughs) because divorce is so positive. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Well, I mean, I think that, I mean, in today's society, breakups and divorce have a, get a, a bad rap and a negative connotation, um, because it's an ending and we like to kind of live in this space where relationships last forever, happily ever after. And when they end, we, we, that's just a failure, right? That's kind of societal norm, I would say.
1: Right. I think that's what it has been, but it seems like there's been a big shift, um, yeah. in the last, Uh, you know, few years where instead of being an ending, it can actually be an empowering change. Yeah. And, you know, especially if you have a marriage where there's so many good things, it, what a tragedy, you know, in so many cases where they wind up just, you know, getting it at, at each other's throats and wind up throwing all that good out um, where, when it can be a really empowering uh, experience. And that's what fortunately what ours wound up being.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I totally agree. However, I have to say, um, you know, it has been a great experience, but I really give most of the credit to you <laughs> because, uh, I think during the ending of our relationship, I was a lot more emotional, a lot more reactive. I think that I came into the space a lot more damaged than, than you. And mm. in a lot of ways too. So during the end of it really brought up a lot of unhealed things for me, and um, and I think that I took that out on you, as people do in a divorce, because who else is there to blame, right? right. The other person, I yeah, mean, obviously. Yeah. So I really unleashed on you. How did you how did you kind of deal with that?
1: Well, you know, it was um, obviously it was difficult. I mean, it's it's not easy going through that. Uh, but I had gone through, started going through some spiritual changes before we got into the process that put me in a much better place than I would have been even a year or two before. And I um, just went into it with the goal of no matter what, coming through this and being friends and continuing to be part, you being part of my family and I yours. And um, so I had that in mind. And I also learned we did go through counseling, uh, we, you know, we didn't just give up. We we found out some things about each other. And what I learned about you was that you deal with stress and fear with anger. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. for me, anger is the worst. I, you know, I, I can't stand, you know, for someone to be mad at me and so forth. And so, and it's hard not to react in kind to someone when they're being angry with you. Mm-hmm. But fortunately, I had learned that about you. And I got to a place where I just said, you know what, no matter what, Leah says to me, "I'm just going to be calm, and I'm going to come back with love." Mm-hmm. And there were times when <laughs> it was really challenging, <laughs> uh, but you know, I went into it that way, and I was able to to stay the course, and I was determined, no matter how long it took to stay the course, and until you know you could express those things and let that anger go. And fortunately, we you know, we had some tough times going through it, but we got through it. Yeah. Yeah,
0: yeah, we did. Um, whenever I got very angry with you, um, what emotion did that bring up in you?
1: Well, I think, uh, first of all, I had to remind myself that it wasn't about me. Mm. Even though you're saying you, 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 you yeah. did this, you did that. And I knew that, you know, it was, it, we had so many great things in our marriage. We, we were great friends. Uh, we have very similar congruent um, ideas about spirituality, about religion, and for the most part, politics. Um, <laughs> but you know, just in general, our, our life views were very similar, yeah. but you know, quite honestly, um, we struggled and we talked about this, a very important part of every primary relationship is sex. Yeah. And for whatever reason, uh, we struggled with that from the very beginning of our relationship, Yeah. but we thought because there was so much, uh, other great things in it creatively and artistically and all these things that we could learn and work through it. But what we finally found was that, you know, sometimes it's truly chemistry. Mm -hmm. Um, and if it's not there, you can't necessarily fix it because it's just not fixable. And so once, once I decided that, Wow, you know, we've tried counseling, we tried um, sex counseling, we tried everything, and it just wasn't getting better. And it's such an important part of a you know a marriage that yeah. I just thought, you know what? I think it's time that we let that part go and quit trying to fix it, and and embrace the part that's great, but give ourselves the opportunity to find someone in our personal lives that we're chemically compatible with in that area
0: yeah i mean i guess for me what was tricky about that is that i like for me like i had had this sexual chemistry with people that that were not healthy for me Mm -hmm. and um when i met you it that wasn't necessarily there but you were literally like my best friend and i loved being around you i loved everything about it so I just made the assumption that that would naturally develop. Of course it would. We're so good in so many other ways. But, um, you know, now I, I don't think I would do that again because I do think you're mm-hmm. right. I think that that's just like this humanistic kind of thing that you either have or you don't have. Yeah. And furthermore, I mean, as going through this process, I also learned a little bit more about why I was so physically attracted to people who didn't necessarily have my best interest at heart, or, or weren't healthy enough to actually just show up in the way that I needed to. Yeah. Which, um, I mean, I'm sure we'll talk about on this podcast a lot. Just you know, growing up and what was modeled. But so basically, when you, when I came out with you with the strong negative energy, was there anything that you did to kind of center yourself and? and protect yourself from that negativity i was throwing at you
1: well yeah i mean there were a lot of things i i again if timing is so important and i'm a big believer that the universe takes care of us and especially if we have uh we act with intention but crazy crazily enough my transformation started when i started doing these Cold, hot showers, <laughs> and you know I'm I'm older than you. Mm. I'm I'm now 67, and and about two years ago I started feeling aches and pains that I'd never had. And I thought, well, I guess I'm getting older, and I'm just going to have to deal with it. And I go, fuck that! No, I don't. Yeah. And I and the next day I saw this ad on YouTube, and it was Mind Valley, and they said if you're over 50 and you're experiencing this, check this out. So I did. But the main thing I came away, this guy said, go in and do these cold, hot showers. Was, it,
0: was this the Wim Hof method?
1: No, it wasn't Wim Hof. It okay. was uh, actually another guy. I can't think of who it is. Mm-hmm. I had already been introduced to cold being good.
0: We'll find out who that is and put it in the show notes. Yeah, that, that
1: would be because yeah. it, it's amazing. Mm-hmm. But it was like I started this transformation that. You know i've one of the things just a quick aside is that i realized that my entire life i've had low level anxiety mm-hmm. and i would wake up even though i'm basically i feel a positive person almost every day i would wake up with this anxiousness yeah even though everything was okay and you know what about a weekend to doing those showers I realized I had no no longer had anxiety.
0: I remember when you started doing that. We we were still (laughs) living together, and we were going through such a hard time. I'm like, "Why are you so fucking happy? Like, what do you what do you have to be so fucking happy about? Are you
1: having sex in the shower? Like, yeah,
0: you were making those noises, and I was like, "What is going on?
1: It it was crazy, but yeah, and it. But that one thing's just getting being finally able to let go of that daily Mm. anxiety, Mm. that started to change me. Mm -hmm. And so that was a real important turning point. Mm -hmm. And so when our, you know, it came time to kind of, for me, face that we're just not going to be able to fix this important area of our relationship. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately, I am a sexual being, and I didn't want to be in a primary relationship without that fundamental uh, part of me being uh, taken care of. Yeah, and, and you shouldn't, and, you and no shouldn't. one should.
0: Yeah, yeah, I mean, I think that both of us were like we're willing to do whatever it takes. We're never like I think at one point we were like maybe I'll just never have sex again. Like you know.
1: Yeah. No, you said that. <laughs> <laughs> I said uh uh-uh, that, that that ain't gonna work. Right. 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 You
0: know? <gasps> yeah. um
1: But yeah, so so that started, and so then when I finally you know made the decision that you know I felt like. Uh, We need to really look at maybe we're not gonna be able to fix this Mm -hmm. i also went in with the attitude of you know what i'm going to meditate i'm Mm -hmm. going to be calm and i know that you know you you, again dealt with things that were challenging personally with anger Mm -hmm. and so i just determined to myself that no matter what came at me what Mm -hmm. because i knew again that it wasn't about me that anger now i had my Part in, you know, why certain things didn't work in a relationship, we both did. Mm-hmm. But as far as the anger, that wasn't about me. And so mm-hmm. I just said, you know, I'm going to be calm. I'm not going to react. And I'm just going to keep coming back with love. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to wear her ass down. <laughs> <laughs> i that's kind of what I did. Her. Yeah. I
0: mean, is that what you would call holding space in the relationship? I don't know. I'm not
1: sure what holding space means to tell you the truth.
0: You're the one who told me that like about, I think Kendall, our therapist was telling you about holding space and you know, that's that kind of the masculine energy, like a (sighs) container to just kind of hold the emotions of the feminine and be calm and in a container and, um, I think it was a book called "The Way of the Superior Superior Man." The Way of the Superior Man. So
1: yeah, so holding space wasn't really the term I came away with. What I came away with after reading that book, well, my whole life I never really understood the male-female relationship. Mm -hmm. I have a very strong male and female side. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm not a you know macho, let's go kick some ass kind of guy. And so I thought by being sensitive and you know doing all these Mm -hmm. things to whoever I was with that I was being, um, a good partner. Mm -hmm. But what I learned is that there are true male, female roles Mm -hmm. in a heterosexual relationship. Mm -hmm. And the man needs to embrace that. There are certain things a woman looks to for a man to be strong. Mm -hmm. And so I finally learned that I was that more than any other thing that we, in our counseling, Mm -hmm. uh, I learned how to be A man yeah in a relationship
0: yeah i I feel like our roles were reversed because they were i have a very masculine energy just because of my upbringing my parents i had to take care of myself for so long emotionally that i just automatically like i have a lot of masculine energy and i feel like you had a lot of feminine energy and like that dynamic was difficult for us because i think we wanted we wanted to be in our correct Masculinity and fem- femininity, and in the right proportions, and it was like this weird imbalance that like fucked with us, you know.
1: Yeah, and I think the worse, the more that I didn't embrace my masculine side, mm-hmm. the more frustrated you got. Even because though you tend to be strong, and because want to I control, because,
0: because I really wanted to be feminine, but I couldn't lead into it. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
1: but I did, until I read that book, yeah, I was clueless mm-hmm. as far as the male female energy and the way they. They interact, and but after that, that was another major turning point for me, and so I was able to go through this process, being more of a leader Mm
0: -hmm. and saying,
1: "Okay, you know, I had to be the one to really initiate it," Mm -hmm. and um, I couldn't have done that without having learned that.
0: Yeah, yeah, I felt that. I felt that shift in you whenever you kind of embraced that Mm -hmm. and and learned about that energy. Mm -hmm. What do you think? Is the biggest thing that you learn from our marriage or our divorce, and just in the course of our relationship personally?
1: Well, I think um, first of all, I have no regrets. Mm-hmm. I'm really grateful.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I I grew so much. I think that you and I, uh, we uh, as far as the sexual thing, we were screwed from day one. Yeah. So that you know that just. And people kind of know it when they go into marriage, right? Like, I like, didn't.
0: I mean, I I I knew you did. I
1: <laughs> I was clueless. I yeah. Yeah,
0: I don't know. I think I think I kind of was like, okay, I think this might be a problem, but I just was like, fuck i I love him anyway. I'm going to do it anyway. But yeah. like, but I think in the back of my head, I was like, this is a problem, you know? But, yeah. And I I know I interrupted you, but like, Oh, no, it's okay. Like, <laughs> for me, I think I would have probably. I don't, I don't know that I could have done it differently, but I, I learned to listen to my intuition a little bit more and to trust myself a little bit more. And also like, I think I had this really limiting belief, like, okay, you can't have it all. You can't have a good relationship with a good person and good sexual chemistry and a good working relationship. You can't have all that stuff. Like life just isn't like that or, or you don't deserve that or you're not I'm talking about me specifically. Mm-hmm. I like, I think I'm at a point now that like you were 99%. I'm like, you know, you don't hit, you don't hit on 17, right? Yeah. Like, yes. I'm like, I'm going to take this deal because this is a fucking great deal. And now I'm just like, okay, unless it's a hundred percent, unless it's like a, a hell yes, it's a fuck no.
1: Well, I think, and that's what I came away with it as well. Yeah. Um, although I, I wasn't as aware as you were of that you know, that failing um, in our relationship. But going forward, what I've learned is that I that's a fundamental thing. Yeah. And you can't yeah. make it happen. And it, it does have to be in balance. And the other thing, it can't just be about that. Yeah, you do have to have it all. Yeah. I want it all. Yeah. And, and quite honestly, now I you know, I'm in a relationship. Yeah, speak, and I feel like of, I do you, have it all.
0: Okay, yeah, let's let's like move into that. So we were almost divorced and you started Mm -hmm. dating Alexis Mm -hmm. and tell me what that was like for you.
1: Well, we, we were, um, we wound up separating, you know, I I moved out and, um, moved. Fortunately had a little place that we had that I was able to move into and start to kind of gain space for myself and and regroup because it was traumatic going through our split up. But I, um, the one thing I said, you know what? I'm not going to date. I'm I'm just, I, I'm going to, I'm not, people said, well, go on, you know, dating sites. And I said, no, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to let the universe just take me wherever it needs to mm-hmm. in, in this regard. And so I wasn't dating. I wasn't expecting anything. It was during COVID. Mm-hmm. So that was the other thing. There was really no it was kind of good in a way because there weren't all these temptations for us to be going out and doing things so both of us i feel like you and i both were able to really focus on ourselves and then man just you know it was like this unbelievable random thing where i met this uh young lady she asked
0: you out right
1: well she came up to me okay yeah she had actually seen me performing oddly enough at the Valentine's, I do my annual live oh, painting performance, right. and she had been there with a friend mm-hmm. randomly, and she had really liked my art, and you know she saw us and everything. And, and
0: let's be real, you're super yeah. sexy on stage. So oh, can I give you that? I'm
1: gonna have to see. I'm gonna have to go with a <laughs> hell yeah, yeah on that.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what, like you. Like you are like born, <laughs> born to be on stage in front of a microphone. I love. Yeah. I love the stage. Yeah.
1: So yeah, exactly. So um, she had seen us. We had started just doing some things at the gallery again went over to the virgin hotel for you know afterwards with this you know, the people from our staff and this beautiful young lady walked up to me and she said oh i saw you performing and i'm like oh you know mm-hmm. i thought that was pretty cool mm-hmm. and she said i just have one question for you I'm like what is it she's there well how do you get your paint so thick <laughs> <laughs> and i'm smart ass i said well it's magic and i said well why don't you sit down and have a drink she said well aren't you married? Yeah. And I said, well, yes I am, but I'm separated and we're in the process of, you know, going through a divorce and, Mm -hmm. you know, and she said, okay, I'll have a drink. And so that was it. We just really had an instant connection. And, you know, we've both talked a lot about the five love languages Mm -hmm. and mine is the complete opposite of yours. Mine is touch. Mm -hmm. Yours is gift giving. Now we all have other things (laughs) in between, but, complete opposite well hers is touch
0: as well I don't, I don't know that mine is really gift giving anymore really so that's good i think i was i i think i think mine's probably touched too but like what yeah i mean oh honestly God. i mean i know this is blowing your mind right now yeah. but i mean i just cut in our space i was just so not in my truth and in my body and in my so much stuff around yeah. my worthiness and stuff i mean Gifts were better because they were shiny and I could wear them yeah. but, <laughs> and I yeah. didn't have to deal with my own emotions or anything else. But I mean, uh, you know, I honestly think that, that that would be very different now. But anyway, that's
1: cool. Yeah. I mean, that's yeah. fantastic. Yeah. I mean, listen. well, and here's the thing. So, I mean, she's quite a bit younger than I am. Yeah. So you're just, younger than I am. I, so, <laughs> so
0: I'm 48. You're 67. Yeah. And how old is she?
1: She's 24. She's 24. Okay. And, you know, people are like,
0: whoa, what the,
1: you know, that's crazy. Or you, you could be her, whatever, father, whatever. Grandfather. Yeah, I didn't want to say it. <laughs> and, um, you know, I, I've i really always had an attitude about age, chronological age, like that I never really looked at it much. When I was younger, I dated older women. Mm-hmm. As I grew older, I, I was attracted for the most part to women that were younger than me, not through any conscious effort. Mm-hmm. But what I finally decided a while back is that really we're all the same age yeah because you know what life is finite we don't know when our last day is going to be and so to put limitations on ourselves because of a chronological thing when mm. we we're born to me is very limiting um and, but here's the thing we are so compatible yeah and she's just uh just a sweet sweet person and and yeah. and you know, I finally feel like that part of my life. And, you know, it wasn't just with you that I never had a fulfilling relationship in my entire dating career, you know, in that sexual area and intimacy and touch. And then to finally find that in addition to being compatible and in the other areas, spiritually and intellectually and so forth. Mm -hmm. So yeah, there's a big age difference, but I've you know, I just feel such a connection,
0: yeah well when when you guys first got together, as you very well know, I did not handle that well, that mm-hmm. I mean, it was I think it was hard enough, like you falling in love first and and then it really brought up like the age difference, like, am I old? like, is anybody ever gonna love me? Like a lot of programming societal programming around who's lovable, who's not lovable, you mm-hmm. know. Mainly driven by, you know, it's like social media and advertising and everything else, and it was very, very confronting. But as I was having those emotions, and I, of course, attacked you a few mm-hmm. times. Which, oh yeah, <laughs> which which is Ooh. my go to, or was my go to. I hope I'm a little bit better. Oh, today. you're
1: you're way better. Yeah. Can I just say one thing? So you are so you're you have gone through such a growth, and and yeah. it's been really really. Um, great to see that, but even then you were still starting to make the changes within yourself. So there would be days when you're doing well and you would call me Mm -hmm. and it'd be the good Leah, the, the (laughs) witch of the North. And then, but then I would never know if you were, you know, you're being triggered by something and then it would be the, the Leah that would, you know, just, I mean, literally, you know, beat me up for an hour or two. Yeah. And so it was, it was, that was kind of a tough thing, but you were changing. And then eventually you, you know, you came to accept and I think embrace yeah. my relationship.
0: Well, yeah. So what really, really helped me is the book conscious uncoupling. Yeah. We will put we'll in the put show in, Yeah. Yeah. But Gwyneth Paltrow and, and Chris, Chris Martin, Chris Martin, yeah. yeah Coldplay, they, they popularized the book when they were going through their divorce mm-hmm. and um you know because we had made this commitment to staying business partners and friends and really really healing through our process i was reading this book and i i really got a sense that you know i was having all these emotions especially around alexis like it really just confronted me with all these existential problems are are no conditions they're not problems they're conditions that mm-hmm. i don't think i'm terminally unique that would somebody be threatened when their husband started dating a 24 year old girl but i going through this book i really really realized that all these emotions and all these insecurities it had nothing to do with you and it had nothing to do with Alexis mm-hmm. this stuff was there and this was like this situation was almost like this um this gift, this mirror that said, okay, these are things that you need to heal in order to love yourself and to in turn really be able to love another person and be in a relationship and have connection, which is really my, my truest deep want and need. So it was actually like this golden opportunity that you guys gave me to say, Hey, look at yourself. Like this is important information.
1: Well, and I think the other thing too, is that I decided, and I told you this when you had expressed this fear before I ever met Alexis yeah. that I'd meet someone younger, beautiful, yeah. fall in love, and they'd tell you, oh, you can't see her anymore, yeah. and I'd cut you off, cut you out of my life. And I kept, yeah. I kept saying, no, you will always be part of my life. Yeah. You're part of my tribe. We're artistic soulmates. We're, that will, I will, if I went into a relationship with someone like that, yeah. then it would be, Against everything that I'd learned and decided I wanted yeah. for the future, so I was very honest with her from the beginning and said, yeah. "Look, I have this relationship with my ex, and you know it—it's going to be part of our lives. And if you have a problem with that, you know I need to know now, right up front. I was very
0: upfront. Wow, well, that—that was so generous of you. And I definitely have to say that every assumption that I made about a twenty-four-year-old girl." Dating you was completely wrong. Alexis has been, I mean, so generous of spirit, so tolerant. I mean, I'm around all the time. I mean, Mm -hmm. we're we're working together. We talk on the phone. I mean, the level of maturity that she's exhibited has been um, really an example for me to, I mean, her emotions are so stable and so loving and so generous. And, you know, I love, I love y'all's relationship now. Like I'm, I'm so happy I mean, I'll just kind of watch and she'll just kind of touch you. And I'm like, this is what JD wanted from me the whole time (laughs) that I was literally unable to do or unable to give. And I'm just so happy for you that you have that. And she's I mean, she's just really cool, too.
1: Yeah. Well, thank you. And, you know, I feel the same way. And, you know, it was challenging for her because early on, as you were adjusting, I mean, she would hear on the other side of the phone, you know, and and that was hard for her because she was trying to be accepting and she couldn't understand. Yeah. But again, we learned together through that process, and you know we've gotten to a point now where we're, you know I feel like we've got a very um, a wonderful tribe. Yeah. You know, just an extended family. But um, yeah, it's it's been a, a wonderful growing experience, but not without its challenges.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, all I can say is that knowing you and, and being married to you and being divorced from you has all been the biggest blessing in my life. And wow. starting this podcast, you've been so supportive. I'm just so happy you're here today to well, talk me to me about this.
1: And thank and thank you again for inviting me to be your first guest. I believe you know you're an amazing artist. Thank I you. mean, uh, very successful, but just um, I have such great respect and love for your art. And now to see you starting to share, you've had a challenging life, but yeah. you, you've, you've risen above, you know, things that other people would have been debilitating. And now to see you doing this podcast and, yeah. you know, sharing that with others. Yeah. I'm thrilled.
0: Well, I, I just love you so much and I'm so grateful for you. And, um, so I'll bring this to a close and, Um, for those of you listening, I hope you enjoyed this conversation with JD Miller. I certainly did. And, uh, I want you all to tap into your creative energy as well and heal in this community with me and people like JD Miller. You can follow the show and sign up for my newsletter. If you feel the high vibe and energy of the show rate and review this show, please give me a comment and five stars. I would love to hear from you and it's integral to the success and the spread of what we're talking about. You can also join my community on Instagram at Leah Fisher art and all links are in the show notes and, uh, all the books and everything that we talked about are there. So I wish you good creative energy and I will talk to you soon.